Hello, welcome to the Equipping for Advancement series of the Missio Academy podcast. Here we focus on personal and spiritual development with the ultimate goal of helping you to more effectively advance God's kingdom here on earth. For a summary of today's episode, as well as additional resources related to what you hear today, please visit our show notes page at missioacademy.org slash podcast. I am your host, Josiah Aston, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey everyone, this is Amber Aston, Administrative Director and Co-Founder for Missio Academy. We wanted to preference today's podcast by stating that today's topic is pretty serious and sensitive and not suitable for younger audiences. If you have uh, uh, younger children with you, um, we would advise that you skip this podcast and listen to one of our other podcasts and return to this one when you are alone, uh, even if you can uh, listen to this with your spouse. Um, We hope that today's podcast is helpful and informative. Thank you so much for listening. This is Amber Aston joining you on the podcast today to talk to you about uh, something that I feel is pretty serious. I know a lot of parents may uh, be aware to some degree of what is happening in our public school districts across the nation. Um, Today I'll talk a lot about what's happening here in the state of California, specifically here in Northern California where I am located. And uh, so let's get started. Um, So for those of you that maybe don't have children in public school or maybe haven't really paid too much attention or even aware, a lot of states, uh, specifically California, are adopting and have adopted legislation that is requiring our public schools and any school that receives public funding to adopt a new curriculum that is um, more inclusive uh, for the LGBT community. Um, In addition, they are looking and requiring that new sex ed curriculum be adopted. And so they made these laws several years ago. They were passed, and states and, and school districts were given several years to uh, kind of, um, you know, get things lined up. And really well, all that does is that the state will adopt a new law and then, you know, school textbook publishers will go and they'll start writing the curriculum. And, you know, in a year or two, they're now peddling those, those curriculums to the school districts to purchase and implement. And they're writing the standards and things like that. Um, to meet the requirements of the new laws. So for this year, the bill I think was passed about two or three years ago. And starting with the 2019-2020 school district year, uh, school districts across California were required to start implementing this curriculum. And the way that the California bill was worded was it did give a lot of leeway to school districts to uh, implement how they saw fit and in what grades 
and 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 that's something I don't think a lot of parents are aware of. And so what's happening though is contrary to a lot of uh pushback from parents, from teachers, from the community, school districts are unanimously adopting this new curriculum despite all of uh, the requests not to do so or to uh, make edits and things like that. And so here in our local school district where we live specifically, our school district had the option of three different curriculum uh, ranging from from bad, um, worse, and the worst. And thankfully, our local school district did vote the uh, the lesser of the three a school district about 45 minutes away from us sadly voted in the worst of the three options. And uh, so that was started, that was implemented this school year. So our local school kids are, are now being exposed to this. And today I want to do my best to kind of share some of the examples that parents will see. I am going to use specific examples from the curriculum um, that are here locally. I know it's a pretty popular curriculum. Uh, a lot of um, examples and things that you can see are on a great resource called family, uh, CaliforniaFamily.org. And the California Family Council is a nonprofit religious organization that is, it is political. It does and has been doing an excellent job of trying to raise awareness of what's going on in some of these different topics. And again, it, it is more focused on the state of California because they are, are based out of California. Um, but I would encourage you if you're in another state and you're listening and you may not know what's going on in your state, may not have voted this in yet, or if uh, you know that you've heard rumblings that this is coming, I still would highly advise you to, to check out the website and look at some of the um, information that they're supplying. They've gone in and actually photo took photos of pages from the actual textbook that are being used here in our local school district. So when I talk about some of the examples today, I am referencing those pages. This isn't just somebody giving a summary. This is literally I'm reading a copy of, of from the from the textbook itself. Um, so the 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 changes that are happening here are kind of uh, twofold. Um, the first half of it is diversity awareness, and if you just say diversity awareness, I think all of us would say, okay, not a problem. Um, you know, I, I definitely don't agree with the LGBT lifestyle, but that does not mean that I disparage the person, um, nor do I wish to see them have any harm afflicted on them or treat them in a horrible manner. I believe our scripture calls us to, to love them and to call them out of the lifestyle, uh, because I, I have seen that happen on multiple occasions God in his grace and his mercy wonderfully go in and draw people out of the lifestyle and I've seen them restored and now living the full abundant life that God has given us and has is desired for us to live. So 
Uh, I can say that from a Christian perspective, you know, I I could in some sense agree with um, diversity training. Yes, you know, we should be kind and love people. Uh, but the diversity that they're presenting, I have a problem with uh, from a, an educator perspective as well as a religious perspective. So what their argument is, is that students um, of the LGBT lifestyle uh, are struggling academically and in their schoolwork because they have nobody to self-identify with in their text. Um, so, for example, a young African-American male uh, may feel uh, a, a, a natural draw to a lesson, um, a history lesson that highlights the lifestyle of Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, simply because they share a a common um, ethnicity, um, and uh, there's there's some you know identity shared identity, and so they can say yes, I see myself, um, you know, as a young African American male or a young African American female, I can aspire to to be somebody. Um, if they walked ahead, you know, before me and did great things and and helped you know, make changes in society, I can too. And the argument is that we currently don't highlight anybody of the LGBT movement in our curriculum so that our student, those, those students that are in the school districts that are identifying as such don't have anything to or anybody to identify to. And so uh, the goal of this change is to bring in people and focus maybe not on the fact that they um, created a vaccine or they, you know, were intelligent and created a new invention, but we're focusing on them solely because of their gender um, or sexual identity. And in some cases, uh, these things are being worked in in such a way that is really kind of weird and I, I it's just it's kind of almost you just lost for words how to describe this um so I'll just use an example uh one of the younger grades I think this was for grades uh first and second grade there is a whole character development curriculum that's being um taught now here in our local school district and they are focusing on different traits um you know, honesty, justice, great traits. These are great traits, but they are pulling in people and highlighting people for those traits um, that is just kind of bizarre. And so one of the ones that stands out is uh, the one on justice, and it highlights California Governor Gavin Newsom. And uh, this was very controversial back when um, it was being voted on because he was running for governor at the time. And so the example in the actual book, it shows that, um, you know, I think it, I'm paraphrasing, you know, California Governor Gavin Newsom, um, you know, was mayor of San Francisco at a time when people weren't allowed to marry who they love. And he didn't believe this was fair. And so he went against the laws of the, of the state of the time and allowed people to marry um, whoever they loved. And, uh, and it, it's phrased in such a way that's appropriate reading for a first or second grader. Uh, 
the fact of the matter is, though, that Gavin Newsom broke the law um, of the land at the time. The same-sex marriage was not allowed, and so he broke the law. And, you know, he's it's illegal to do what he did. And, and yet they are saying that it's okay to do that, um, that he was actually championing for justice um, because you know, uh, same-sex marriage, you know, people couldn't marry who they wanted. And so it's okay to break the law um, and that he is a champion for people of the LGBT faith and movement. And so, um, you know, from, a, a, I guess, a, a just a moralistic perspective, it's just so crazy to me that we would be showing young children um, you know, justice and honesty and things like that. And we're highlighting people that are all, that are doing the exact opposite. And we're saying it's okay to do that because, you know, you don't want to hurt anybody. And so, um, so you're seeing a lot of that included. Um, another example, and, and this is what is so scary to me is, well, the bill states that school districts can decide how young they can include this. We're seeing as young as kindergarten um, conversations happening with um, a gender and identity. And I, I saw a presentation where the presenter made a comment that was just so powerful and it said, um, that you cannot have the conversation about gender and sexual attraction without having the conversation about sex. And that's so true. How do you explain to a kindergartner um, sexual attraction without explaining the sex? And I think any person in their right mind would say, no child to kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, um, needs to be having a conversation about sex um, and sexual attraction. And I mean, in our society, we don't let, you know, them into movies that are rated R, you know, if you're younger than 17, you know, they say with without a parent, um, you know, pornography is 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 blocked and hidden from children. It's it's illegal, you know, to have in pornography or child pornography on on computers and things like that. And yet we feel like it's okay to expose our our young innocent children to a conversation about sexual attraction and naively think that we're not going to have the sex talk with them. Um, in, in my mind and in my opinion, this is is not only traumatizing. I, I, it's not my opinion. It's fact. It's traumatizing for a child that young. But in my opinion, it's this is child abuse. Um, to expose a child so young to something, and so for one of the examples for for young children to to talk about this and to to showcase this, they give they give them a worksheet where um they have a the little character of the gingerbread person. Now, this isn't a gingerbread man, it's a gingerbread person. And on that gingerbread person, uh in the area that you would see um male female genitalia, they've shown this symbol 
for the for the male or female and they talk about how people may biologically be something but they don't have to identify with that and again getting into the whole transgenderism I mean how do you explain that to a, a kindergartner or first grader um, transgenderism it's, it's traumatic and uh, then they talk about um, you know, the brain and how they can identify as something else is, uh, than what they may physically be. Um, and then they talk about attraction. They have a little heart there and they talk about and they have a little sliding scale um, saying that, you know, um, you know, they're attracted to men, women, both. Um, you know, how, how do you, how do you do that? How do you have that conversation with a, you know, a a first grader? Uh, We're talking about five, six, seven, eight years old, um, that you're talking about sexually attracted, you know, at that stage, they're, they're, they're thinking the other gender has cooties. They don't want to even be near that other gender at the moment. You know, they're playing tag on the, the playground and, and, and innocently saying Johnny likes Susie and, you know, like in love in their world are so distant from what we're trying to have this conversation with them they're not prepared for it it's 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 trauma and it's abuse and so and this is what's being presented um another example I heard about uh, recently was uh, students were given uh, a a page where they were, and I think this was a little bit older, about fourth grade, they were given, or maybe fifth grade, um, I think this was fifth grade, and this was in the sex ed curriculum for fifth graders where students were not separated by gender. Um, they were all taught this together. So you can imagine a fifth grade boy sitting next to a fifth grade girl and they were given a sheet with a, a drawing of a woman with her legs spread apart and they were asked to color in as the teacher was describing the different areas in anatomy of the female uh, genitalia and part of uh, the example um, that the mom gave was that the teacher was describing which areas of the female genitalia were sensitive. Now, I'm I'm not sure about you, but what in the world does a fifth grader need to know that information for? That is pornographic. That is sexual abuse in its blatant form. And so um, this is what's being taught in in some of our schools um so that just kind of segues into the the two-prong of change that's happening so before like I said we were talking about inclusivity and diversity and things like that talking more about you know sexual identity attraction things like that now you get into the sex ed curriculum and this sex ed curriculum again is fifth grade high school or junior high excuse me and so you know, before we were allowed to opt out and 
you know, I remember, I don't know if you remember when you did sex ed, you know, it was, it was uncomfortable, but it was just pretty basic. There's nothing but the facts, your simple biology. And they may have had in some cases, some things that you disagreed with. Um, and for example, my parents, you know, they opted me out of the day where they were showcasing and demonstrating male contraceptive. Um, and so, you know, that was pretty much about as risque as they, they got it the time. Today's curriculum goes way beyond the basic anatomy and biology lesson. You're not only getting the anatomy in graphic, you're getting into topics of sexual activity. And so, for example, um, and this is a, a case of where I saw the actual, you know, picture from the actual um, uh, textbook that was being used in the car classroom here where we live locally and so um what is being given and taught are things like um explaining not only just obviously the the, the act of intimacy um between a man and a woman um but they are talking about um anal sex um and again I'm going to try to be as polite as possible all uh, but I do have to 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 kind of say some of this stuff just so you can understand the seriousness of it um but they go into descriptions about anal sex um about uh body fluids uh with within the the act of of, of intimacy um they talk about sex toys and uh, what was just even so shocking beyond the topic of sex toys um, was a little box at the bottom that said, you know, tip, if you aren't able to afford sex toys, here are some things that you might have in your everyday home that you can use. And they gave some examples of fruits and vegetables that you could use in place of. I, I'm probably grossing some of you out and I'm kind of glad because this is literally what is being taught in our classrooms. Um, again, this is pornographic. There is no reason and no logical reason why we should be having this conversation with our students. They do not need to know this information. Um, you know, uh, they talk about sexual fetishes um, in this worksheet, and it, it goes even further, and I'll, and I'll stop there. And so this is the type of stuff that's being taught in the public school system. And currently, our, our laws state here in California, we cannot opt our kids out which is mind-blowing simply because as parents, I just can't even begin to, to understand the logic of telling a parent they don't have the right to decide what, um, you know, their child is going to learn, how their child's going to learn it, and, and what they feel they're ready for. Um, you know, even if you wanted to say and use the argument that, well, they're not going to learn it at home. They need to learn some of this stuff there. You know, come on, folks. This is this is nuts. This is just plain nuts. This is pornographic. It's child abuse. And, you know, there's so many children out there. And as I've said before in other podcasts, parents, you know your child the best. Um, 
why in the world would they think <laughs> that parents uh wouldn't know if their child's able to handle this or not um even if you were okay with some of this stuff being introduced so thankfully we do have some legislation that's been presented it's it's still very infant in the process um I have to say sadly I don't have much faith that it will actually pass I pray pray that it will um but the new legislation would actually uh do two things it would um it would make it illegal for school districts to hide the curriculum if a parent requests to view it. Currently, there's a lot of uh, complaints out there from parents that are going in and trying to view curriculum that's being proposed or that has already been approved, and their their districts are not being transparent with them, and um, and so they're having to do a, a huge number of things and just battle with the school districts just to get access to to the worksheets in the curriculum. And so that wouldn't, this new law would make it illegal for them to hide that. Um, as well as it would also allow a, uh, an opt out feature. And in, in the way that the bill is actually proposed, it's wanting a re- the parents to require them to actually opt in before you had to opt them out. Um, and if you didn't do anything or say anything, your child, you know, was exposed to that curriculum. Well, this law would actually require all parents to opt their child into the curriculum so that if they didn't do anything, they would be pulled out. Um, so it's actually kind of a, a cool way of forcing, I think, parents to be more observant and to know what their parent, what their students are being taught in public school. So, um, Again, I, I apologize because I do know this is a sensitive topic. I, I try to, um, you know, be as delicate as I can with it. But I do feel like it's a very serious thing. Uh, you know, we would not even think about putting our child on a computer or providing them uh, books or magazines that are pornographic um, in nature. And yet... Um, you know, sadly, we are sending our kids to school, to the public school, um, in many cases, uh, and this is what they're, what they have in their future, and I know that we're not there yet in the school year for a lot of California parents, but if you have not had a chance to, uh, review that, or if you don't know if your school district has voted in that curriculum, um, I I encourage you, I urge you, I beg you, I plead with you, please go to your district office, demand to see the curriculum, know what your child is going to be looking at and being taught and being sent home. Um, please don't wait until the day that they come home traumatized because um, you know, something was presented to them in class and uh, your child is now struggling with information that they are not ready to have and be exposed to. So um, I pray uh, that we can see some changes happening for the sake and the sanity of our, our children. If your state has not enacted any of these laws, um, God bless you. You are so privileged. 
uh, but I definitely would uh, caution you to stay vigilant. Uh, for so many states, this is coming down the pike very, very quickly. I think there's about five or six states, including California, that already have this uh, bill enacted. And these curriculum changes are already coming into play. And I know more states are falling in behind them. So if you are one of those and maybe there it's new, um, stay vigilant and alert to what changes are happening in your uh, school district if you have your child enrolled in school district in a public school um, and uh, you may need to to look at other options if um, if you can so if you have any questions feel free to dm me on instagram i'd be more than happy to um, share links and resources to to where I have um, gleaned a lot of my information and my knowledge. Again, uh, CaliforniaFamily.org is a great website um, that has a lot of information on this specific topic. They have a lot of the the graphics of, of books and, and, um, and even additional information that I just don't have time to share in this podcast. And graphically, I, I obviously don't want to, to state and share, um, just cause I, you know, it's just too, I just want to be somewhat polite. So, um, but again, I would love to hear from you guys. If you have any questions, uh, comments, feel free to drop us uh, a note anytime. You can send us an email at admin at missioacademy.org or drop us a DM on Instagram. We are at Missio Academy and would love to hear your thoughts about this. If you have any information um, that you'd like to share, then we may feature on a future podcast. We'd love to hear that from you. Until next time. Once again, this is Josiah Aston, and I want to thank you for listening to our show. If you like what you've heard and would like to know more, please check out our website at missioacademy.org. There you can find out more about who we are and what we do, as well as access the show notes for this episode. If you think someone else you know might benefit from what you've heard, feel free to share this or leave a review.